Good morning. Happy Saturday. This is March the 7th, 2020. This is your host, Sophia Nelson. Every Saturday, starting today, we're going to have a new segment on the Eploribus cast titled Saturday Thoughts. Now, that is a popular hashtag if you follow on Twitter. And every Saturday, people get on social media and they have Saturday thoughts and uh, Saturday motivation and Saturday vibes. And It's one of my favorite hashtags. If you've been following me for years, you know that I used to do a Saturday chat every Saturday. It was widely popular. Uh, Millions of impressions. Uh, People would join in, but I got busy. Life happens, and I was unable to keep it up. But I was thinking about uh, the fact that this is a big political year. There's a lot of news that goes on in the week, and what I'm going to do is wrap everything up on Saturdays for you, and we'll chat about it. We'll have guests when we can get them on, and we'll kind of assess the week that was passed, wrap it up for you. Everybody's busy. You work. You got kids. You're trying to do things, take care of parents, take care of yourselves. It's a lot, so everybody can't keep up, but there was a busy, busy week this past week, as you know, here in Washington and in politics. And there were a couple things that I wanted to touch on uh, this Saturday, uh, March the 7th, as we go into uh, this new week coming up. Now, uh, first of all, as you know, March is Women's History Month. And um, it's an important time because we celebrate, uh, highlight, spotlight uh, the achievements of women. Uh, March is usually a very busy speaking month for me, a lot of travel, but like a lot of people, I've cut back on my travel in light of the coronavirus scare. Uh, I was out traveling a couple weeks ago, uh, eight days on the road, five cities. I got very sick, got bronchitis, was worried that I might have the virus, got tested. Uh, I happened to be in a place where uh, there was a big... uh, medical center, university hospital, and the doctors were able to take good care of me. And it really scared me and it made me realize, um, and this was before the virus really ticked up and got bad, um, but it made me stop and realize and reflect on just how I take care of myself or not as a woman and making sure that I am looking out for me as I look out for others in my life. And I wanna encourage all of you to do that, whether you're male or female. Remember that self-care is important. Before I get into today's Saturday thoughts, which I'm excited about, uh, I want to say a few things. Number one, um, make sure that you're tuning in to these daily briefings uh, on the coronavirus. Make sure that you go to your state government website if you need information or if you feel sick or if you think you may have symptoms. Um, Make sure that you go to cdc.gov. That's the Centers for Disease Control. They'll have information updated daily. Uh, There are a lot of good specials out there. CNN, my network, has done a great job with Dr. Sanjay Gupta and Anderson Cooper did a town hall. If you didn't watch that, you can see it on replay. I highly recommend that you do. Um, And remember the basics, folks, the basics. I was traveling and I saw things that really annoyed me. I could not believe how rude people are. They're coughing without covering their mouth. They're sneezing without covering their mouth. They're touching everything. You know, it's just rude. Use some basic protocols. If you have to cough or sneeze, cover your mouth completely or cough in your arm or cough in a napkin. Uh, I am one that believes that the mask, if you can get them, are good to travel with. Uh, I, I, I am not a doctor. I am not in any way um, a medical person, but common sense tells me that if we believe this is airborne and we believe that 
a germ spread that way and that they, the, the molecules get onto your, your clothing, onto your hands, whatever, uh, covering up your face cannot hurt. Might not help, but it can't hurt. Uh, the other thing is basic hand washing. I think the hand sanitizer is great if you can get it. Everybody's sold out now. But wash your hands. Warm water, wash them. 20 seconds. We're all used to just running in the bathroom, washing our hands real quick, and then we run out. Also make sure when you wash your hands and you walk out the bathroom door or wherever you're going that you use a paper towel to open up because you're touching an unclean surface after having washed your hands. So that's Sophia's health PSA. Uh, for the moment. Please take lots of vitamin C, drink lots of water, uh, get as as many um, antioxidants as you can in your body every day with green tea, uh, other things. Um, Try to get a lot of sleep. Sleep is important to keeping you healthy. Try to rest um, and just uh, remember to really be mindful of who you're around, where you are. If people are coughing around you, they're unhealthy, remove yourself. Uh, if you can work from home, do it. If you can, um, you know, do things to minimize being in large crowds, uh, being in airports, being in train stations, etc. Do it at least for the immediate future. Okay, so Saturday thoughts. A couple things I want to spotlight for you, and then I'm going to let you go enjoy your day. Uh, number one thing I wanted to spotlight is uh, the big news, I think, of the week was that Elizabeth Warren dropped out of the presidential race. And again, since this is Women's History Month and we focus on women, I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about Elizabeth Warren and all of the thoughts about whether or not she had to drop out because she was a woman or whether or not she got a fair shake because she was a woman. And, you know, that's a topic that we all talked about when Hillary Clinton was running. Uh, That's a topic that we talked about when um, all of the five female candidates were uh, announcing that they were running back in January 2019 and there was a lot of excitement. Vogue did a really nice shoot with the women, uh, all five of them, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, Kirsten Gillibrand, and then Tulsi Gabbard, who is still in the race. And by the way, folks, for my fellow pundits and people in the media, I think it's disrespectful for us to nullify the fact that Tulsi Gabbard is still in the race. She has not dropped out. I think she got a couple delegates uh, in Super Tuesday. No, she's not viable. No, she's not going to win the nomination, but she is a woman and she still is in uh, the race. And I think that it is important that we not make her invisible and not pretend as if somehow she doesn't exist and uh, isn't in the race. But the fact of the matter is the the female candidates who are the most viable uh, all are now out of the race. And uh, so there is going to be a male nominee in 2020. It's either going to be Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders. We already know who the Republicans have. That's going to be President Trump. And so I thought it would be interesting, and I'd love to get your feedback on social media. I'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a message here on the Anchor Podcast. You can actually leave me a voicemail and tell me what you think and what you want to hear more of or less of. But I want to know how you see it, Uh, and I'm going to tell you how I see it. A couple things. I think it is uh, beyond interesting. Um, If you hear me something pouring in the background, that's me pouring my French press coffee. I have a ritual every Saturday morning. I've shared it with you on social media. I burn um, lemon cookie candles and um, that you can get from Trader Joe's, by the way. And I make French press coffee and I just kind of sit in quiet while everybody else in the house is asleep. Uh, and I just try to get still. So uh, that's what you hear in the background. But 
Um, on this notion of whether or not Elizabeth Warren had to drop out because she was a woman, um, I think I think the short answer is no. Um, she does not. She didn't have to drop out because she was a woman. Uh, but I think that um, the longer answer is is that, as she mentioned, it's complicated. I think female candidates, even in 2020, all of them have a higher bar to climb. I think that um, all of them ultimately were judged on their policies, their ability to make money and raise money, rather, um, to uh, be competitive in the primaries. The reality is that Elizabeth Warren at one point was one of the top frontrunners. She was raising lots of money. Um, people were impressed that she had a plan that you could actually go to her website and if you wanted to know about health care or if you wanted to know about student loans or if you wanted to know about the economy or if you wanted to know about uh, whether or not we were going to have regulations on businesses and whether or not the minimum wage was going to get raised, Elizabeth Warren had a detailed plan for you and you could actually read about it. And I think that one of the things that hurt Kamala Harris is that although attractive, uh, well-spoken, smart, and all the things that we know she is, she seemed to flounder a little bit, and she didn't really have a detailed plan. And I think probably the same with Klobuchar, although I think at the end, Amy Klobuchar certainly helped herself, right, by being able to say, hey, look, um, if you're not interested in people who are more progressive and to the left, you want to give somebody like me a look because I'm more of a moderate and I'm someone with a proven track record. And so I think that all of these women... Um, were certainly qualified to be president of the United States. Look, um, the reality is, folks, is that the current president of the United States, whether you like him or don't like him, is not the issue. The reality is, is that the current president of the United States of America had zero political experience going into office, zero. He wasn't even a county commissioner. He wasn't a city councilman. He was nothing. He was a businessman. He had zero experience with foreign affairs. He had zero experience with legislation. He had zero experience, and he's president. So I think the experience factor in 2020 means a little less than it did a decade ago, or maybe even uh, when Obama ran. There was a lot of questions about, you know, could this young senator one-term senator become president. Of course, he did for two terms. So I think that on balance, it's fair to say that women candidates have a double standard. That That's a no-brainer. That's the truth. If you don't believe it, I'm sorry. I got a bridge in Brooklyn that I'd like to sell you. You're in denial. The reality is, is that um, I sent a tweet out the other day, and the reason I wanted to talk about this is I sent out this tweet the other day that really went viral, and it surprised me because it wasn't a deep tweet. I simply shared a conversation that I had had uh, the morning that Elizabeth dropped out. Before she dropped out, actually, I was talking to one of my longtime mentors, white male, very successful, very wealthy, um, makes over half a million dollars a year, you know, does well. Um, and he's a very good guy, been a big supporter of mine in my corner, you know, early 60s. And when I asked him, you know, why do you think Elizabeth Warren didn't do better on Super Tuesday? He said to me, oh, don't even bring up her name to me. I can't stand the sight of her. I can't stand to hear her screechy voice. She's preachy. She's just not likable. And when I talk to the people who I know, they feel the same way as me. And I got to tell you, folks, I was in shock. I could not believe that um, he felt that way because I, as a woman, don't see Elizabeth Warren that way at all. I, um, her politics are not mine. But I think she's super smart. 
I think she's super competent. I think she's um, a happy warrior. Kind of reminds me of a female tigger bouncing around. Um, even when she has to say something difficult, she tries to say it in a in a in a non difficult way. I think I think she's mastered that act. So what we call throwing shade. And I, I don't see her that way, but that tweet got a lot of responses. I mean, thousands of comments and, you know, um, tens of thousands of retweets. And I was just in shock at the difference between how men perceive her, particularly of a certain age, probably over 50, and how women perceive her and the other candidates. So the question on the table is, is does gender still matter when we're running for president? Well, of course it does. That's a no-brainer. We're in the year 2020. This republic will be 240, what, three years old this year or 244 years old this year. And guess what? We've never even had a woman vice president. We absolutely have never had a woman president. Hillary Clinton certainly came the closest. She got the nomination, which was historic. She lost narrowly uh, in three states by 77,000 votes, but we have an electoral college. So uh, that's the way it works. Winner takes all in our system. And so I believe we're getting closer. I believe without a shadow of a doubt, 2024, we will see uh, women candidates probably from both parties run. um, And uh, particularly if President Trump loses uh, in 2020, 2024, it'll be an open Republican field. I expect Vice President Pence will probably throw his hat in. I don't know how successful that will be. But I think that both parties will probably have women candidates, uh, lots of them, and it'll be interesting to see. I do, however, expect that there will be a woman vice presidential nominee on the Democrat side. I think that that's a no brainer. I think he has to pick a woman. I don't even think he has the option of picking a man. And I think that there are three women that I would tell you to keep your eye on. I know there are a lot of names being floated, but there are three women that I'd like you to keep your eyes on. Number one, uh, certainly Kamala Harris. I think it's probably got to be on Joe Biden's top three women list to pick. Um, yes, they had a mix-up during the debate. She came for him pretty hard, but I think he probably respects her for that. He knows she's tough. She can handle it. We all know, um, we've seen her in the Judiciary Committee go after Barr and others. She's not afraid to land a punch. She's certainly attractive. Um, she's from the most populous state and uh, the fifth largest economy in the world, California. Um, she is uh, a graduate of an HBCU, Howard University. She is a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, my sorority. Uh, I think that she would do well motivating the base and getting black women to the polls. I think it's historic. They would be proud. I think that Amy Klobuchar uh, is another good pick because she's from the Midwest. Uh, She delivered Minnesota for Biden in the primary after dropping out. She was uh, very adept at how she handled that. I thought that that was impressive. I think that she's a moderate. She's a centrist. I think the problem with those two running together, however, is that you got two middle-of-the-road moderates, and I don't know how that's going to help the progressives or the base of people of color and women of color. I think the last person that you have to seriously look at is Elizabeth Warren. Um, I know that Biden and Warren, uh, from everything you hear here in Washington, they're not the best of buddies, but I think that if he wanted to unite the progressive wing and the centrist wing of the Democrat Party, the working blue-collar folks with progressives, uh, Elizabeth Warren could be a great choice. I think other names being mentioned, Stacey Abrams, um, that name bothers me, not because I'm not impressed with her. I am. She's impressive. She's smart. I think she'll be governor of Georgia someday. I had hoped she would run for the U.S. Senate because I think she could win a seat. And I think what a better launching pad for a young black woman 
who's ambitious as she is, uh, who said she wants to be president or vice president someday, that, uh, you know, I think she uh, should have looked at that Senate seat more seriously because I think it's a great setup for where she wants to go. Um, I think that, uh, though, to pick her would be dangerous because she's untested, unproven on the national stage. She has not been vetted on a national stage. Running for governor is very different from running for vice president or president of the United States. And um, she lost. Whether we think the race was stolen from her or not, we can debate. But you got to bring something to the table. Uh, and I don't see that yet. I think the other person that is an outlier is Senator Tammy Baldwin from Wisconsin. I think that she could be an interesting choice. Uh, I think that, um, you know, veteran, um, she is from a state that Biden needs to win back. Uh, so she could be an interesting person. So keep your eyes open and uh, just uh, pay attention. But I think it's going to be a woman for sure, probably a woman of color. Uh, I think Rep. Val Demings, who was an impeachment manager, acquitted herself well. Florida is a key state. She's uh, tough. She's smart. Uh, She's a former uh, law enforcement uh, chief uh, down in Florida. Uh, And now she's a congresswoman. Uh, Very well-spoken, very smart, very respectful Southern woman. I think Southern black women would love her. And I think that she could really be an interesting pick. So those are my thoughts on uh, this Saturday about the woman issue and whether or not a woman can be president. Of course, one can be, one will be in my lifetime for sure. Um, And I think that um, although we're frustrated ladies, we should have had a vice president long, long time ago. Um, We're struggling with this still in America and there is a gender divide and men are still struggling with this notion of strong, outspoken women, particularly men over 50 years of age. I don't think the guys in their 20s and 30s care about it too much. But I do think that there's a generational divide and it's something we're going to talk about more. I'm going to have on a guest. Um, Hopefully I'm going to record this weekend and we're going to talk about women in politics and the double standards with someone who's been a political uh, expert and a political uh, consultant and pollster, etc. So look forward to that. Uh, The last thing that I want to talk about is a uh, controversy that uh, came up uh, this past week on television on CNN on Chris Como's show. Nina Turner, who's a spokesman for Bernie Sanders, look her up. She's a former state senator, Nina Turner, uh, I believe from Chicago, Illinois area. Um, and uh, Hillary Rosen, who's a longtime activist in the Democrat Party for Joe Biden, got into a very ugly dust up on television. And I happened to be watching in real time when it happened. And as a black woman who has written a best-selling book titled Black Woman Redefined, Dispelling Myths and Discovering Fulfillment in the Age of Michelle Obama. Uh, Back in 2011, it was my first book. It earned me um, a Best uh, Book Award for nonfiction that year. Um, Also, a Pulitzer nomination. Um, A lot of kudos for my very first book. Um, Just humbles me every time I think about it. Still sells very well to this day. The whole premise of that book was to talk about the stereotypes of black women and how damaging they are, particularly to professional, accomplished black women. And Nina Turner and and, uh, Hillary were getting into this discussion about, you know, Bernie versus Biden. And of course, Nina was saying that her candidate is better because he's the progressive. He's for working people. He's for uh, people that America has left behind. And Hillary Rosen was saying, well, no, Joe Biden is, too. And he's a centrist and he's a guy we can trust. We know him. And then Nina quoted Dr. King in his letter from a Birmingham jail, and she quoted him properly, where she talked about, 
quoting Dr. King, his concern was about, quote, the white moderate, as Dr. King would say. The white moderate is your voter in your suburbs, your voter who is certainly for civil rights, certainly for uh, people being treated equally and fairly before the law. But those people don't protest, they don't march, they don't get involved. And what Dr. King was saying is that, you know, I know where the Klan is, I know where the White Citizens Council is. And again, the context is in the 1960s, he's in a jail cell in Birmingham, Alabama. And he's saying that he's tired of the white moderates who keep telling him to wait and keep telling him to stand down and keep telling him just to let things play out because that's dangerous. It's passivity. And I think what Nina was saying was very clearly is that, you know, Joe Biden might be a good guy, but we want to take action. We want to be in your face. We want to talk about these issues of wealth inequity, of the wealth gap, of the health care gap, all these things. And Hillary pushed back on her and said, uh, you know, how dare you use Dr. King against Joe Biden and you don't get the right to say that. And it got really ugly and Chris Como did not handle it well, to say the least. And uh, then Nina said, how dare you? And then the next day, angry black women, a hashtag was trending, angry black women, which I just shook my head because I already knew what it was about. And I wanted to just talk about this briefly as we wrap today's Saturday thoughts uh, and say this. It's Women's History Month. And the issue of intersectionality, which is the issue of race and gender, is a big one. It's one we don't talk about. We saw it show up in the 2016 election when 53% of white women voted for Donald Trump, regardless of his comments on the tape, regardless of the sexism and uh, the things that he has said about women and the way he's treated women. Um, 53% of white women, working class white women, uh, women that didn't have four-year college degrees voted for Donald Trump. On the Democrat side, you had uh, college-educated women, black women, others voting strongly for Hillary Clinton. And so it's almost as if we have not just two Americas, but also that it seems like we have two genders. Uh, There's white women and then there's women of color. And that is something that I've been talking about uh, most of my life, something that I talk about in corporate America, something that I talk about at conferences, and it's something that I care about deeply. And it's something that we as a sisterhood of women are going to have to confront and talk about respectfully. And to my white sisters, I just want to say to you that one of the worst things you can do to a woman of color is to try to tell her that you know better what her experience is than she does. I've had it happen to me. I'll never forget when Black Woman Redefined came out and uh, Marsha Lithcott at the Chicago Tribune, never forget it. She was the editor and, you know, the publicist who was working on publicity for the book sent it over and she wrote me back a note. I still have it to this day. And she said, you know, I just find this book not credible. I can't believe that black women really experience this. And I think that this is probably your take on things. And this is just not the experience of black women. After I read it a couple times, after my agent, who's an Italian-American woman, Claudia Menza, read it a couple times, Claudia picked up the phone immediately as another white woman and went off on her. I had to think about it a little bit. And I wrote her back a note and I said, you've actually missed the point of what this book is about. This book is about exactly what you just did to me. Who do you think you are to tell me as a black woman that you know better than me what I experience every day? And at the end of the day, that's what she did. And it was uh, a real turnoff. It was offensive, but it's my every day. And so I think that what we need to get better at, I see it on Twitter all the time. I see it on Facebook. I see people tell other people that they have no clue about how they're living. That would be like me telling a disabled vet, I know how you feel. That would be like me telling um, 
someone in another country, a Muslim woman, that I know what oppression's like in Saudi Arabia. I don't. And so I would just remind us to be respectful and to remember that we have to give each other grace, we have to listen, and we have to hear, and we have to have courageous conversations. We're going to have more on this. I'm going to talk about this more throughout the month. We have some great women guests lined up. Um, I need to go and uh, take the podcast on the road and record some of them. I'm excited. Uh, I have a busy month, as do uh, many of you. Uh, Tomorrow is International Women's Day 2020. Um, It's going to be on Sunday, March 8th. Don't forget to celebrate. Don't forget to talk to your daughters, your nieces, uh, the young women in your life. Uh, Get a copy of The Woman Code. If you haven't bought one, what are you waiting for? One of the best-selling books of all time, one of the top 40 inspirational books in history. Uh, That was uh, one of the great honors of my life when we were given that um, award um, back in 2015, 2016, and 2017. So uh, please uh, don't forget to listen to this podcast regularly. Saturdays are going to be our more laid back, more Saturday thoughts. We're going to talk about, again, all things that relate to America and American values and American exceptionalism and American greatness and American goodness and American politics and American culture, because that's what we do. So uh, thank you for tuning in to our first Saturday Thoughts. I hope you enjoyed it. Give me feedback, tweet at me, uh, let me know, and make sure you also follow me on my other platforms at I am Sophia Nelson. We'll talk to you again on Monday Motivation. Uh, as always, every Monday we have Monday Motivation and then we have our guests throughout. If you miss some of the great Black History Month guests we have, you can hit them on replay. Some really good podcasts uh, with some great uh, African-American women Uh, who are history makers or who know about history. So check it out. Thank you for listening. Have an amazing day on purpose. Hello there. This is your host, Sophia Nelson. And today is Monday, March the 9th, 2020. We are in Women History Month, as you know, and... Every podcast this month will be devoted to something about women, historical notes, political notes, conversations. We plan to start our series of guests starting this weekend, which is the weekend of the 13th. I'll be in Richmond at a conference. I hope as of now it is still uh, going to happen. It's for my sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, and it is a large gathering. So I know that we're waiting to hear Whether or not the conference is going to happen, a couple of the interviews I've had planned already have been canceled because we were supposed to meet in places where we were speaking, and those have been canceled. Listen, um, like everyone else, I am concerned about the coronavirus and the flu, and before I start every podcast, I just want to remind you of what the CDC wants us to do, and if you haven't gone to cdc.gov, please do. There's some really good information there about the virus. There's some good information at the NIH uh, sites as well in, in Bethesda, Maryland. And uh, your state governments probably have things posted as well as your county government. So make sure that you're on top of it, particularly those of you who are parents of young kids, teenagers in high school, or who have elderly parents either in nursing facilities Uh, Or at home, taking care of them at home. So uh, a couple things, just a reminder. Wash your hands with warm water and soap. Good old-fashioned soap and warm water for about 20 seconds. Change your toothbrushes often. 
particularly during this virus season, I would recommend changing them monthly. If not, maybe more than that. Change your bed linens. Make sure that you're using antibacterial sprays in the house. Lysol on surfaces. Clorox wipes. If you don't have to travel, don't travel. If you don't have to go into large groups or into the office, don't do it. If you have that blessing and that flexibility, take advantage of it. It's a good time to do so. Make sure that you are stocking up things, but I don't think I'm in agreement with the officials that there's no need for this hoarding. I went to Walmart, um, I guess it was about a week and a half ago, and guys, there was nothing there. There was no toilet paper. There was no... um, there were no paper towels. There was no zero hand sanitizer anywhere. There was soap, but the, which is interesting because the soap is probably more effective, right? And if you do get hand sanitizer, make sure that it has about 70% alcohol. So to our Monday motivation message uh, on the Eplorbus cast today, I want to talk about a concept that I think is really important as we are looking at the coronavirus and I want to encourage all of us uh, to remember, as you see all the back and forth politically, you know, things that the president's saying that seem not to be in line with what the CDC is saying or what the vice president is saying with the task force. And, you know, this has become political and this should not be political. And I want to encourage us at a moment like this to remember that we are all Americans. Every single one of us that lives here that is a citizen of this country or someone that wants to be a citizen of this country in our communities, we all want the same things. All of us want our kids to be safe. We want our kids to have a good future. We want to be able to pay our bills. We want to be able to pay for our health care. We want to be able to pay for our student loans. We want to be able to take care of our loved ones. We want to be able to uh, have a vacation once a year. We want to save some money. You know, When it all boils down to it, we are so much more alike than we're different. You know, I was having a little bit of back and forth with my pastor uh, on text over uh, the last 48 hours, and we love to rib each other. He's uh, uh, much more conservative than I am. To my centrist, he would be a conservative, and we debate each other all the time, and we rib each other. And uh, we've been talking about the 1619 Project, and my goal has been to share with him as someone Uh, that does not have the same lens that I do, the perspective that perhaps I see it and historically how others see it. And then he shares with me. And it's, I love it because we respect each other. We respect each other's point of view. We respect each other's differences. But I reminded him this morning that we have so much more in common. We probably agree on eight out of 10 things. It's that other 20% that gets us all in trouble. And I want to remind you all this morning as you're on social media and you know, we're Democrats and Republicans and independents, whatever you are. During something like a pandemic, we need to remember that we're human beings. And I want to encourage you out of a concept out of the book, The Woman Code, since it's Women's History Month, and I want to tie every podcast this month to uh, women's history. One of my favorite codes in The Woman Code is lift as you climb, lift as you climb. And I'm thinking about that code this morning a lot because as we're in this environment where people are concerned, they're scared, people have contracted this virus, um, we need to remember that uh, our job as human beings is to take care of one another, to look out for one another as we look out for ourselves. And so my message to you this Monday is not going to be long. It's going to be brief. 
But I want to really encourage you that where you can help someone, um, if you have an elderly person in your community and that person lives alone, whether it's an older woman, an older man, a family, whatever it is, check in on them. Yes, I encourage you to use face masks, but I'm not a doctor and I'm not a healthcare professional. But that to me is just common sense, particularly if you're going into somewhere where you think people could be infected. If you don't want to go in, leave some food at the door, leave a grocery bag, uh, buy some toilet paper, buy some supplies, be a good neighbor, be a good friend, be a good human being. You know, um, Coretta Scott King, one of my favorite Coretta Scott King quotes is where she talks about if the soul of a nation is to be saved, then women must become its soul. And it's one of my favorite quotes by her because it's so profound that Women are, and I believe God made us this way. And and guys, this is not a knock on you. I think you would agree with me that your wife, your mom, your sisters, your aunts, the women in your life looked out for you. They took care of you. They raised you. They blessed you. um, They protected you. And I think women were so unique. And in times of crisis, women really step up and women become caretakers and they love and they give and they nurture and they feed and they, they, they build shelters and they, they create soup lines and, you go throughout history, women just lift as they climb. It's our it's our natural inclination. And I just want to encourage all of us at this moment to remember that we want to look out for ourselves and our families, but there will be other people who will need help and resources. And if you can, you can. The other day uh, when I came back from uh, shopping, I think I was at Whole Foods and I picked up a bunch of the big jugs of water, which you know I think are important to have. And I just gave all my neighbors two bottles. Now, I had probably about 20-some bottles, but I gave my neighbors, I just walked over and gave them two of the big jugs because I didn't know if they were keeping water. And it didn't cost me anything. And it's a nice gesture, and it was appreciated. So I want to encourage you today to lift as you climb. I want to encourage you today to uh, bless other people. I want to encourage you to speak words of encouragement and not fear. I want to encourage you to look out for others as you look out for yourself. In moments like this, where we don't know where this thing is going, by the way, we simply do not know yet how big and how long this pandemic is going to last. There are things you can do to mitigate to keep yourself and your family safe, but you can also look out for others who might be shut in, who don't have a family, who don't have support, and they're afraid. At the end of the day, we're all just human beings. We're all mortal. It is our most common link, as President Kennedy said, that we are all mortal. We all breathe the same air. We all inhabit the same planet. And as we talk about all these issues, and I look at the meanness online and the disrespect online and the cruelty online, I am aghast at how ridiculous people can be in a moment like this. Instead of trying to figure out how can we fix this, how can we look out for each other, how can we be better Uh, How can we protect ourselves? We're fighting about politics. We're calling names. And that's not a good sign. So I want to encourage you today as I'm encouraging myself. Have those courageous conversations. Have those debates and those dialogues. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, this isn't about that. This is about lifting as you climb. uh, Feeding as you feed yourself. Clothing as you clothe yourself. Uh, buying some hand sanitizer for your neighbors if you pick up some for yourself, buying some water for your neighbor if you pick up some for yourself, stopping by the the food bank, stopping by the local women's shelter. There's so much good that we can do in this world if we only have a mindset to take care, a mindset rather to take care of 
others as we take care of ourselves. Now, you know I'm a big proponent of self-care. I talk about it all the time. And I think we as women do little self-care and I think it has not served us well. And I think that we need to practice it a lot more than we don't. And so I think that it is uh, critical then that we uh, remember in this time of crisis to be encouragers and not discouragers, to be lifters and not people that uh, push people down, to be uh, purveyors and, and surveyors of hope and not of fear. And it's really important that we remember that. So uh, the Monday motivation today is simple. Lift others as you climb in this environment of fear, of concern, of illness, of death. Uh, pandemics are serious. Viruses are serious. The flu has taken tens of thousands of more lives than the coronavirus has. And that's just a fact. So the flu is every bit as serious. The coronavirus does not have to be a death sentence, folks. You can get it and you can survive it as long as you uh, let your healthcare provider know, as long as you uh, practice the safe things that you can do. You can get it and get treatment and still be fine. Watch out for the elderly in your family, your parents, your grandparents. I've already made it clear to my parents they're not going anywhere where there are big groups. I've made clear to my grandmother who's 90. She is not to go hang out in those casinos that she likes to in California and do her penny slots. She can't go. It's simple things like that. So uh, that's my word for you today on this Monday, March 9th. I'm looking forward to um, some great guests this weekend and throughout the rest of the month. And um, I want to encourage you to uh, listen to us and follow us, particularly in our new Saturday segment, Saturday Thoughts, which I think you're going to like, uh, which is kind of the wrap of the week that has uh, passed and catching you up and having a good conversation or dialogue about those things that we care about as Americans. So Mondays are for motivation and inspiration. Today's word is lift as you climb in the midst of this coronavirus scare uh, don't forget to get the right information. Don't buy into hysteria. Don't don't just look at what the pundits are saying on TV. Get the facts. Uh, I don't care if you watch Fox or MSN or if you watch uh, CNN. I don't care what you watch. Get the facts. Pay attention. Exercise common sense. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash the kids' hands. Wash your elderly folks in your home or outside that you know's hands. And just... Do the basic things that you need to do. Take your vitamin C, uh, drink your water with lemon, you know, just do things that make you healthy uh, and, and drink lots of green tea, antioxidants. Even red wine has antioxidants in it. So let's uh, let's help each other and let's lift as we climb, folks. God bless you and keep you and have an amazing day on purpose. OK, and don't forget, you can leave us a voicemail. You can send us an e- email. Tweet me at I am Sophia Nelson on all my platforms the same um, and don't forget to follow E Pluribus Cast. Share it. Uh, let me know what you want to hear. Let me know what you want to talk about. I always am interested in that. Take care. Have a good day. Bye bye.